it's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are breaking down District 1 and 2 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey, as always, joined by Ryan Skaggs. Is that going to be your thing now? Every time I bring you on, you're going to take a drink from whatever? Take a swig of coffee? Yeah. Water? Yeah, I think last week it was water. Yeah, yeah, that's, that mug. should be my my calling card. As as you as I come in, I'll just take a drink of something. Yeah, I've got my Green Bay Packers uh, coffee mug as well. So <laughs> when they inevitably trade Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be a great time. So, anyways, we will, uh, we'll get right into it here. Um, yep. There, there was a lot of uh, impactful basketball uh, action that took place over the last couple of days across. Uh, pretty much every classification as well, because we're, we're getting down to it. Uh, girls district tournaments will start in some places like this weekend or like yeah. even tomorrow. I think one of the district tournaments starts. Uh, so I've been working on brackets like a madman. We're going we're to have those up on the website again. All of the district basketball tournament brackets. Uh, you can follow along with every conference and every uh, classification at IdahoSports.com. Um, and, and then for boys basketball, we're ramping up into conference play. The, the heart of conference play finally for a lot of these teams. So I thought it would be easy to just kind of go in, in chronological order um, to talk about some of what has happened. And then we can give you, give away your uh, North Idaho nine at the end of the show. Does that sound sure. okay, Ryan? Sounds great. Okay. So I want to go back to last Friday, January 20th, couple of big stories there. I think the biggest one though, uh, was um, Lakeland and Sandpoint meeting in in boys basketball. This was a contest. Uh, what what did the headline in the uh, Bonner County Daily B say, Ryan? The Sandpoint it was like Lakeland Point. versus Sandpoint and a whole lot of free throws. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe they both took place in the, uh, yeah the uh, battle for the paddle was the girls game, a wrestling match, and then the rotary hoop shoot. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a big uh, night of, of competition um, in the boys game. We've been talking about all year, you know, Sandpoint is the team. We, we kind of like uh, the Bulldogs. They've competed well, you know, considering their schedule, right. You know, when you look at Sandpoint, they're seven and eight overall, but they've played a lot of really challenging teams, you know, Coeur d'Alene, yeah. Lewiston, the Spokane schools. They went to that tournament in Hawaii, they beat Lakeland the first time they played this year, 57 to 51. But in this rematch, it's Lakeland going on the road and getting the win 70 to 62. Scotty Hawking scored 33 points in the win for the Hawks. Yeah, that was a, a big night for, for the Lakeland senior. And, uh, you know, Lakeland attempted 37 free throws in that game. They had more makes than total attempts from the line uh, from Sandpoint. So, Lakeland was able to, to make the difference obviously happened at the line. I mean, really, if you want to look at the the nuts and bolts of the game, the difference maker was at the charity stripe in that ball game and uh, Lakeland getting a big win in the four a play. I mean, that helps for a seating and it creates kind of a log jam out of the three teams, obviously with them in Moscow um, and standpoint in the mix. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how things shake up down the stretch. I know Lakeland, I think they have, one more game remaining against Moscow, and then they're going to end the season with with 5A play. Um, I think their last game of the year might be against Post Falls, if I'm not mistaken, or it's Post Falls or Coeur d'Alene. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Hawks did what they needed to do against Sandpoint, split that season series. So, I mean, if they can pick up a big win against Moscow and hope Moscow gets a win against Sandpoint, you know, they could end up owning the, the tie break there for the possible uh, number one seed to districts. Yeah, so the way the standings are right now, Sandpoint is two and two, Moscow is one and two, Lakeland is one and two. Uh, Sandpoint basically has played uh, Lakeland twice, uh, Moscow, and then <clears throat> they also had their conference game with Coeur d'Alene earlier this year, a, a game that they lost. And then it, it's going to come down to can Moscow knock somebody off or can one of these 4A schools get a win more than likely against Post Falls, right? Yep. Because all, all the 4A team, they still are doing this convoluted combined 5A, 4A Inland Empire League where, oh, yes, one conference game uh, each against the 5A schools. So that, only the home game counts, right? Yes. And then for okay. girls, it's the opposite. When the 4A's host, it's the conference game. So um, it's really fun to keep track of it. Uh, so it, to me, that's what it's going to come down to. Otherwise, you're looking at a tie probably at the top with Lakeland and Sandpoint. And then how does that tiebreaker get figured out? We're going to have to ask, but it's important because I think whoever, it's rock, paper, scissors. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's differential. I don't know what it is because we didn't. We run into this issue with girls last year or the year before last, though, and it was like point. It was the point differential. I I mean, that's why I kind of went to it. That's usually kind of the the default. Yeah. Um, But but it's getting that number one seed is so important because you get the buy automatically into the best of three series. The way the Inland Empire League postseason works is. Number two hosts number three in a winner go home game. And then the winner of that plays the number one team in a best of three game series. So if Sandpoint and Lakeland both tie for first, whoever gets that, you know, wins the tiebreaker will have a huge advantage. Yeah. You get, you get that because I mean, Moscow, I mean, let's just be honest, like they're a thorn in people's side sometimes. And, you know, you look at, what that team can do you know any given night they've played heartbreaker for some you know quite a few years have the bears and i mean they've had their heart broken a couple times too but um you know the 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 level playing field within the 4a this year i think is is more evident than ever um just in in the respective rosters i liked sandpoint i picked them to win the 4a um at the beginning of the season i still stand on that i think that it gets into a three-game series and the Bulldogs find themselves there. I think that they can be victorious in that in that stretch. But um, you know, Lakeland certainly made things interesting Friday night in a raucous atmosphere. They showed up big and got a victory. So, you know, that battle for the paddle gets gets pretty wild and crazy. And we'll talk about the girls game because it was even crazier. Um, but yeah, that was a, a good win for Lakeland on on Friday night. And I guess I shouldn't completely dismiss Moscow. I mean, Moscow beat Lakeland by 20 back yeah. in December. Uh, yeah. I, f- I feel like Lakeland has gotten better as the season has gone on. But so, so Moscow's right there too, right? Any any one of those three teams. Yeah, um, seriously. It, it's it's going to come down to the remaining head-to-head matchups between those three teams. And then can somebody steal a win against the 5A? And it's not, I just don't think anyone's beaten Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, or Lewiston probably. It's probably going to be Post Falls. Can some can somebody knock off Post Falls and get that league win against the Trojans? I think that might yeah. decide it. So and and Post Falls is a team, you know, we had Friday night on North Idaho game against Coeur d'Alene. That's a team that is on the upward trend. I mean, I look at that program and what how scrappy they play. 
Um, you know, Coach McLean does a great job with that team. I mean, for as young as they are and as many guards as they have, um, you know, they do they maximize what they have with what they're given. And um, you know, they're gonna be a team to watch in years to come. I just think because the they give such great effort on the floor. It, it's evident. You watch their games, they're not, you know, they may lose by 20, but it's not, you know, for lack of effort. It's just because you know, the other team's got a guy that's, you know, six six down in the post that just makes him pay. Um, but yeah, Coach McLean with that post falls team, they can make things interesting in that four A race for sure. Cause I think that they could sneak out a couple of wins. Yeah. And uh, post falls just, they don't have any size, right? Cooper yep. Craig and Asher Bowie are, you know, battling inside every night and they're, yep. you know, giving up three, four, five inches underneath. But man, they do, they fight hard and compete for sure. Okay. So we had the boys basketball game. Lakeland got the win over Sandpoint, and then we had the girls' basketball game where, holy smokes, it came down to the very end. Uh, essentially, no time left on the clock, all zeros, a foul is called, Aliyah Strock to the line to shoot for Sandpoint. The game is tied 43-all. She misses the first. It comes down, it comes down to the second free throw, and she nails it. And Sandpoint yeah. wins in a walk-off 44 to 43. How often do you see a walk-off free throw like in basketball? Like you just don't see you usually see the referees swallow the whistle under 10 seconds. And you know, how egregious was the foul to get her to the line? I don't know. Like I didn't see that call. I just saw the free throw and the clutch, like being able to at least go 50-50 with everything on the line, nobody in the box. You're just shooting. You know, it's basically like you have to imagine you're shooting at six o'clock in the morning in the gym and nobody's there um, and try to take the pressure off you. But the, like I said, the crowd was crazy at that game. And for her to nail that free throw at the end to get the victory hats off, because that's that's a high pressure pack situation. And uh, that's a big one for, for Sandpoint. Yeah, I saw that this year, Ryan. Um, the very first basketball game I did this year uh, was uh, <laughs> Shelly and Skyline girls basketball uh, in, in December. Uh, or in early January and uh, Skyline was down three uh, Shea Shippen put up a three as time expired and sh she's a great player. Um, and, and it was like, it looked like it was blocked, you know, it was like well short. And then like uh -huh. all of a sudden it's like, Oh, foul called with no time left. So, so they're down three. She steps up, makes the first two free throws. Shelly then calls a timeout to try and, you know, ice the ice. kicker, ice the <laughs> shooter. Uh, didn't matter. She made it. It went to overtime. Um, Shelly still won in overtime though. So, but, but I've never, I haven't seen where it wins a game on the walk-off free throw. Personally, I've seen walk-off three throws to send it to overtime, but, uh, this, this was a wild game. Um, and yep. I guess for Lakeland, even though they lost, um, this has to be encouraging for them, right? Because Sandpoint has kind of had control of this league, uh, for yep. the past couple of years. And so for, for Sandpoint or for Lakeland to come and perform that well, I think it's pretty encouraging. Yeah, I mean, that's hats off to, to Coach Derek. I think he's done a great job with that lineup, um, you know, with what he's been dealt in his first season, and he's been able to respond fairly well with that team. And I know the girls play extremely hard for him. And, um, you know, to see what comes of the district tournament, I mean, you could roll in there and say, hey, we've, we've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. Anything can happen. Any given night, anything can happen. We just got to show up and, you know, take care of the next play, take care of the ball. If they ball control, they're a really tough team to play against. I mean, they match up very well against, you know, the other two teams within the conference and even some of the 5A teams. 
And, uh, you know, they make things interesting. And, you know, like I said, Coach Derek has them playing very hard. So I'll give hats off to the Hawks. Like they've been, you know, kind of, I think, exceeding expectations a little bit. Um, and that's not to say that they're not a good team, but I think that they're they're playing pretty darn well. Um, just their schedule's been pretty difficult for the most part uh, this season, Plus, especially drawing those 5A schools. you got three 5A teams um, within, you know, a stone's throw of your high school that you have to schedule two games against. It doesn't help your record. Yeah. And so for Lakeland, the first time they played Sandpoint this year, they lost by 19, 59 yeah. to 40. And so on the rematch to only lose by one, uh, Sandpoint is, has locked up the, the regular season title because uh, unlike the boys where they wait till the very end to do the uh, the arranged marriage of 5A, 4A conference games, they wait till the very end to, to backload the schedule. The girls were like, let's just get it out of the way early. They pull let's the band. Be- yeah, they peel the bandaid off right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so so all of those uh arranged marriage games have already happened. And so Sam points four and three in the league. Lakeland's one and six. Moscow is oh and six. Um and so Sam points got the the number one seed locked up. Um but yeah we'll be interesting if if Lakeland can get there to play standpoint in that best of three for sure. Uh we, we wanted to give some love to the four A schools because we haven't talked about them much this year because well in a three team league they just now we're getting to the point where everybody's finally playing each other and we actually have some things uh that we can talk about there. Uh, also from last Friday, the St. Mary's boys were on the road in Orofino. This was actually on Thursday, uh, the 19th. But yeah, St. Mary's right after we done the prep cast last week. Yeah, so St. Mary's was at Orofino. This was an important conference game. We we had talked about it on last week's prep cast on the boys' side, where they had both just lost to Kellogg. Kellogg now still in first place. Um, but this was going to be an important battle because the winner of this would be in the driver's seat for second place. Orofino got off that undefeated start. They've slid back a little bit recently. Um, St. Mary's always schedules, you know, difficult. They just, they haven't had a ton of games. They've only played 10 games so far where everybody else is approaching 14 or 15. Um, and so this was an important game. It was in Orofino. Grayson Sands, who's the, the, the driver of the offense and the defense really great lead guard for St. Mary's goes down with a knee injury in the first half of action. He has not returned since that injury, but St. Mary's has has steadied the course and weathered the storm. They uh, trailed at Orofino after losing Sands at halftime, 32 30. They rally in the second half. They win 62 to 51. And so for St. Mary's, this is why they can withstand the loss of a player like Grayson Sands is because Coach Brian Chase has a system where he's going to play nine or ten guys a night. Everybody contributes to, you know, it's like the legs of a centipede. They're all marching in the same direction. It's not dependent upon one player. It's a system. And so for St. Mary's, they're they're adapting and playing nine to ten guys a night, I think, helps in situations like this. Yeah, you lose your lead player, kind of the straw that stirs the drink, essentially. Um, you know, and and hopefully that Grayson's okay and he's able to return later in the year. I don't know the 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 aspect or the level of that injury that took place, um, but we wish him the best. Obviously, um, this is just a good kid. Like, I mean, you don't want to see any kid get hurt, but um, you know, yeah, look, Coach Chase with that system. I mean, he's just got him so consistent that night in and night out, you. When you're able to access your bench and everybody gets time, you get put in a pressure pack situation. You've gotten the minutes like you've been playing consistently and it's just kind of business as usual. It's just one less guy in the rotation coming through. So, you know, I think down the stretch, they've got a difficult part of the schedule coming up. I mean, they're going to play Kellogg again 
They've got Bonner's Ferry coming up. They've got Timberlake on that part of the schedule. Um, so, you know, there's going to be some tough games up ahead coming. But, um, you know, if, if you can win, you know, 75% of those games going into the district tournament, you know, I think that that's going to bode well for you. I think that they could win any all of those games if they play well. Um, they could certainly end on a winning streak. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out for that that Lumberjack team. But the Coach Chase, I mean, you know, you talk about Mines in the, in the basketball game in our area. He's one of the best. Um, so I, I don't see that that team uh, falters too much without Grayson being in the lineup. So we talked about the light schedule for St. Mary's so far, only 10 games. They're seven and three. Uh, over the final, over the next 20 days, Ryan, or really starting on the 28th, that's their next game is on the 28th of January. In a 20 day span, they will play nine games. <laughs> that's, that's, that's packed. <laughs> that's a lot of activity. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, so they're going to be, you know, depending on how this thing goes, you know, they wrap up the season with Orofino, Kendrick, Kellogg, Timberlake. That could really put them into some positive momentum and on an upward trajectory going into districts. And again, districts is going to be so important to win districts because second place will have to get to state via a play in game. And so, yeah, uh, we'll see, you know, they're battle tested. I mean, that team's made it to state and made runs the last few years. So, I mean like that, you know, their experience, there's kids on that lineup that are, you know, they remember being on the court for a state championship. So, you know, they're not too far away from having some of those guys that are there that contributed. And, um, you know, I think there's still the hunger there and there's maybe a little bit of motivation as well with having Grayson out. We'll see when he comes back or if he comes back, but um, I'm still not counting them out by any means. That's just a, a good group of kids and they play really extremely hard. Yes. Uh, let's move to three, a basketball where Bonner's Ferry man, they just, they just keep on rolling. They're 13 and one. Uh, the same night that uh, St. Mary's rallied to beat Orofino, Bonner's Ferry was playing Lakeside. And we know even though that's a 3A versus a 1A D1, we know what kind of team Lakeside is. Um, Bonner's Ferry gets the win by 10, 87 to 77. Then they go beat the crap out of Lincoln County, Montana, the, the Lincoln <laughs> Lions up in Eureka. Um, and then <laughs> I could say that because I'm from Montana. Um, and then they... <laughs> Better you than me, but yeah. Go Can ahead. I tell a quick story? We always get it sidetracked here. Lincoln County High School. It's in Eureka, Montana. It's like twenty miles from the Canadian border up up north in uh, in in Montana. Um, when I was in high school, they would be like what is a three A school in Idaho, and my high school was what would be like a four A school in Idaho. Okay. Well, their enrollment for whatever reason peaked, and so they got bumped up to our classification level and we had to um play them in their very first game ever as as a basically a 4a football member um and so in the previous years we had run the wing t offense and we just ran the ball ran the ball ran the ball well my senior year we we had a new quarterback and he had a rifle for an arm and so we kind of modified it to a spread offense so kind of like we did a 180 and so this this lincoln county high school they they asked all the other teams, uh, you know, at the classification level, like, hey, what is what is Stevensville High do? And they're like, oh, just be prepared for a heavy dose of the run. They run the wing tee. 
So then we show up, we show up in this spread and we just obliterate these guys. They were so mad at us. They're like, I don't know how you do things up here at, at uh, class A level, but in class B, we have, you know, we have a little more respect for our opponents. And <laughs> anyways, they were all salty about it. And uh, they made us change. We couldn't even use their locker room. They made us change in the school cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. Anyways, uh, things are different in Montana. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, that's my diatribe. We have a little bit more pride, as Napoleon Dynamite, (laughs) the principal says, in the Great Gem State. We have a little bit more pride than that. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, anyways, uh, yeah, Lincoln County, Montana, Bonners Ferry kicks the crap out of them. Then they come back, and last night they host Kellogg, and this is a big. They they used to be conference rivals. Kellogg now at the two A level. Kellogg has been on fire. Bonners Ferry wins again in a tight one by 10, 63 to 53. This is a Bonners Ferry team, I think, that can go to state and actually yeah. make waves. Um, the other 3A schools around the state, I don't think really know what Bonners Ferry is capable of. I think it's, the Badgers could really a giant get lurking. I think it really is yeah. a giant kind of lurking under the surface. I think we're, we're seeing it up here in North Idaho um, with what they're able to do against light competition and what they've done you know, to some really good teams. And I think people look at the schedule and they're like, oh, they're just playing 1A D1 teams and they're playing a bunch of 2A teams. It's like, well, they're in a two-team conference. Like, you got to do what you got to do. They're scheduling teams from Spokane that are 2A schools, which would be the equivalent of 4A teams in Idaho, and they're beating them. And, you know, like, and they're doing the same with schools from Montana. Um, So, you know, it's not any fault of Bonners Ferry. You're 15 miles south of the Canadian border. I mean, what else are you going to do? Um. So, you know, your way up, if you draw the, the hand here, they're, they're up here. So everybody else is in their, in their classification is down here. So, um, you know, I think they're going to get to state and make some noise. I really do. I look at this team. I like them a whole lot. I think they're complete as far as leadership. Um, you don't get better leaders than what they've got in that lineup and in that locker room. And they've got great coaching. You know, there's top to bottom. That's a that's a really really tough three A team that I don't. I think a lot of people statewide don't know very much about. Yeah, they're they're lurking for sure. Um, let's do our quickly uh, our our weekly check in with Lapway, uh, the Lapway boys. <laughs> oh my gosh, one, how many one. triple doubles is that this year for for Case? Why not? I, I didn't count, but it's got to be. It's got to be double digits. You think so? I, I was gonna so. say I was gonna say seven or eight. Uh, I think he's probably got 10. Jeremiah he almost had a quad double last night. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. Um, he also, Case Why Not for Lapway, uh, crossed the 1,500 career uh, point mark for scoring, um, which is very impressive. Uh, you know, he's, he's still only a junior. <laughs> he's still got <laughs> a season and a half to go. Um, I don't know what the record is uh, for career points. Um, I don't, I, I, let's see what I'll post out the old Google machine and we'll see if we can find an answer very quickly. But yeah, the, uh, Idaho high school basketball scoring record. Yeah. I, I, and, and Idaho doesn't keep track of their records like Montana does. Montana's got all this stuff. They've got a, an official record book where now you have to, the school has to submit the record for it to be considered official. But as far as I know, Idaho doesn't have anything like that. So, um, I think Jared Mercer of Cameo. Yeah, Mercer, 2,181 points. That's what I came back with. 
Yeah, that's that's the as far as I can tell, that's the record. And I, I remember talking about this last year because we were talking about Titus year out at state um, and how close he had gotten, you know, getting over 2000 points for his career. C- could case why not hit that 2181? That's I think he could. I think he can with the look at the amount of games and his average of him averaging close to th- or over 30 a game. Um, and you've got maybe possibly what 11 games this left this year um that's yeah i think he could do it i really do think he could do it probably early on next year because you're looking at if you take the rest of this year plus a a, a full season of games next year you're you're right around what 35 36 games probably he would have to average he would have to average 19 points per game basically 20 points per game to get that i think he could do it I Absolutely, so, too. That's... He's averaging what thirty six a game right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah no big deal. <clears throat> Yawn. Just... Uh, you know, and you look at—I mean—and that's with him having, you know, you got Terrell Ellen with Jones in that lineup that scores a lot too. I mean, Elias years, like you look at year outs there. Next year without Ellenwood Jones, do, can he lift more? I think so. Like I don't—I mean, we. 50 isn't out of the question for for case. I think he just plays very unselfishly. Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and, and meanwhile, Lapway as a team, Coach Eastman would tell us that it's a team. Uh, we don't care. We're just going to play hard as a team and go win titles. Let's, yeah, I know. That's I know right. Coach Co- <laughs> Zach Eastman, coach of Lapway Boys, friend of the program. Uh, as a team, Lapway has now won 52 games in a row. It is the longest active streak in high school hoops according to max preps we talked about this a couple weeks ago um and they just keep winning and i just don't see i don't they're gonna hate me for saying this i'm not gonna you know what i'm not even gonna say it but it looks we like know. we know <laughs> <laughs> does it need to be said like we already know we know yeah, it's um it's gonna be impressive to see how far this win total can go i think it could go a ways i'll say i'll that. just say this it's been incredibly fun to watch it really has. And when it when it ends or if it ends, that's something to be celebrated too in its own right. I think that you get to celebrate both teams in that instance because of what they're able to do. That's just it's gaudy. It's a create it's a crazy number in this day and age in high school sports that you can even get that far. Um, but as it continues and rolls along, um, you know, what else do you want them to do? I mean, you try to they try to schedule five A teams. Thank you, Post Falls and Lewiston, because you're not getting many more than that. Nobody wants to play them. Um, you know, it's and it's going to hurt your rankings if you play them, per se. So it's like, you know, people, well, they just need to schedule up. They should opt up to two-way. It doesn't work that way in the state of Idaho. You're just going to elect to the next year going, oh, we're just going to play a three-A schedule this year. It doesn't work that way. So, um, yeah, no, hats off to Coach Eastman's crew. And, and like I said, it's something to be celebrated day and just one game at a time. He's kind of, it's like notching the belt. Yep. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to, while we're talking uh, small, you know, 1A hoops, uh, Clark Fork uh, looks, looks like they're going to be the team representing District 1 at State. They have now swept the season series with Mullen. Uh, they've defeated the Tigers 68 to 31 and 51 to 25. Um, they just beat Kootenai last Thursday. They play Kootenai one more time, but man, this is, this is Clark Fork's deal. And with Chase San Roman and Cole San Roman and, um, Howard, Ethan Howard, uh, Nathan Shelton, 
Um, Clark Fork is going to be an interesting team to, to go compete at that 1A D2 state tournament. I'm excited. We saw it with football, right? The Wampus Cats got to state uh, for the first time in a really long time. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's cool. It's going to be cool to see the Wampus Cats at state. Uh, in yeah, it will be. And I, you know, I look at the 1A D2 ranks, though, and there's another team that's in North Idaho right now that is on an absolute tear and they play tonight. If the power is on at ICCU arena um, in Kendrick, they will take on potlatch tonight inside the arena should be a, uh, a fun event. If they were able to play that and get the power back on, um, I don't know the university of Idaho, if it's just, you got to contact the Vista and pay the bill or something like that to make sure that game takes place. <laughs> We could put a gun GoFundMe together or something. I don't know, um, but no, I'm I'm sure that it was a an event with uh, the infrastructure or something like that. But um, yeah, no, I, I look at Kendrick. I like Kendrick a lot. I like them a whole lot as as far as how they play. And I said that in football. I sound like a broken record. Jagger Hewitt is a is a very very good football player. He's might be better on the basketball floor, and uh, and that's saying something because he's a great football player. Um, but what he was able to command on the basketball floor with those guys around him too, they they need to command the attention. Like that that is a dangerous, dangerous team as they get better as the year has gone on. Yeah, uh, Kenrick, it looks good. Um, we we talk about the, the White Pine so much. I just I wanted yeah. to give Clark Fork a little love as well. Yeah. No, and, um, uh, yeah. Yes, but yes. So, so Kendrick fans, you know, it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, no, Kendrick, whatever. Uh, we just Clark, talking Clark's about you guys. Gonna, Clark, yeah. Clark's coming for you. No, we're you're not right. Well, I mean, they could be. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, make it happen. Yeah. Let's let's make a game happen. I'm just kidding. It's, let's do it. I mean, yeah. uh, Kendrick's got a date to fill after Sitka, Alaska couldn't come down and play them. So let's play a neutral site game. Have it at NIC. Make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, well, speaking of NIC, that's where all of this uh, District 1 tournament yep. action is going to be at, once again, is at North Idaho College. Um, the uh, 1A D1 District 1, 1A D2 District 1 is all going to be at NIC, which is a great venue for those. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of venues, ICCU Arena, as we talked about, University of Idaho campus, Potlatch Kenrick going to play there tonight as we're recording this on Wednesday the 25th. Last night, Troy was supposed to play there against Logos um, and couldn't uh, power outage is what I saw. So that's kind of why we were joking about that. Um, and so those teams will have to reschedule that. But Troy is another team that you've been very high on this year as they're continuing to lurk in the White Pine League also. So uh, keep it up, Troy Trojans. Okay. One last result I wanted to touch on from last night, and then we can get into your North Idaho nine and get out of here. Uh, last night, the Timberlake girls played Sandpoint and, t- and Timberlake, you know, coach Matt Miller is knows what he's got. And so they yep. played Coeur d'Alene a couple weeks ago. Um, Took to the wire. Yeah. Yes. And it was a very close game last night. They beat Sandpoint in overtime 57 to 48, but the, how, how they got to overtime was impressive. They were down eight with one Oh eight remaining Ryan. Yeah. And no, they, they, they they poured it in with time, yeah, waning moments of the game. An impressive showing. Like that's a that's a that's an exciting game to watch as a fan, anyways. But um, being a player in those games has got to be just insanity too. You're like, you might be thinking like, no way, hit a couple big shots, and you're like, all right, I guess we're in this. Like, let's keep see if we can keep it going. Yes. Uh, so Sierra Sumas hits a three pointer, brings him to within five. 
Then Jenna Chase gets fouled. She makes two free throws to bring to them to within three. And then Malia Miller uh, underneath with 22 seconds to go makes the layup and the foul makes the free throw to tie the game at 45 all to go to overtime. And then in OT, I mean, they outscore Sandpoint 12 to three in overtime. I think Sandpoint was probably a little shell shocked. Um, and so good win for Timberlake, man. There's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of teams from the North that I think are going to turn heads at state. When we get to state Sandpoint yep. did this a couple years ago, they got, they got on a run at the four, a girls tournament and everyone kept kind of wasn't expecting that. The, the one thing is, is that a lot of these teams from the North are probably going to be lower seated because of the max yep. preps rankings, but yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I mean, I look at like Sandpoint, they're not going to probably get the greatest seed if they are able to win the IEL. Um, you know, and I don't want to prognosticate and say that like that's a for sure thing to happen because Lakeland's going to have to try to say something about that. And so is Moscow. Um, but yeah, any one of those teams that gets there, I don't know if they're going to, even though Sandpoint's been in the rankings um, for the latter part of this season coming down the stretch, um, you know, those rankings don't necessarily reflect what's going to happen in the computers with max preps. So, you know, the, they could end up being like a five seed playing a pretty tough or a six or even a seven seed playing a really tough game. And, um, but you got to beat obviously the good teams eventually at some point in the tournament. So why not face them early? Look at Centennial last year on the boys side, taking out Lake city in the first game. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. And does the scheduling doesn't do any favors for the Northern teams, but certainly you have to, just do what you can with what you've been given. So, yep, for Timberlake sure. Took care of business last night. Hats off to the Lady Tigers. That's a big win. Yeah, huge win for Timberlake and uh, for for a girls state. I anticipate being the most wide open. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Anybody, yeah. <laughs> anybody, get hot and win that. Okay. Well, five A. I think four and five A are going to be super competitive. I look. Yeah, at it's, those. and and for different reasons. Five A because there's a lot of proven commodities. Star power in that, yeah. There's a lot of star power in that tournament, right? Boise, Timberline, Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, Post Falls, wh whoever gets there. Under Thunder Ridge. Ridge. I mean, yeah, you can throw. Yeah, it's gonna be wide open. So, so yeah, five A is gonna be a really close competitive tournament because there's a lot of known commodities that are good. Four A is gonna be wide open for the opposite reason <clears throat> because there are there are a lot of unknowns. You know, yep. Shelly has been the kind of the wire to wire consensus number one team this year and this is kind of new for them they're yep. they're they're kind of new at this mountain home you know blackfoot uh teams that we are not used to seeing in this power position uh, blackfoot has kind of been there the last couple of years but i don't know a lot of unknowns in 4a yep. which could make it fun so yeah 4a could be a fun tournament and i'd look at i mean in 1a d1 i think is going to be a good tournament too um outside of lapway <laughs> I think the periphery around Lapway is going to be exciting to watch. And then it's going to be like, who's playing the Wildcats? But that's just my prognostication. I don't necessarily think the championship game will be close. I think the rest of the tournament is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that's just me looking at it as an out objective viewer from the outside. But yeah, we got to give our love to the Lady Wildcats too. So are we ready for the uh, North Idaho 9 yet? Yes. Uh, I was going to say, somebody who did the 1AD1 tournaments last year, boys and girls. There was like one compelling game across the entire, you know, slate. So yeah. I, I've been there and done that. I know. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go with, since we were talking girls hoops, let's go with your North Idaho nine girls, the top nine teams in Idaho, regardless of classification. So number one, we got Coeur d'Alene, uh, that Viking team. They're, they're legit. And I look at like Teague and Colvin 
is in my mind probably the marquee player on that team um that's really taken over down the stretch madison mitchell like i said is that she's got the potential for a 25 point night any given night um we obviously know about madison simmons um but that lineup is just so tough and even their bench is good i mean they get a lot of contribution off the bench too like kelsey carroll some of the other players as well so um, that Viking team is is legit. We saw what they did to Post Falls and just manhandled them on Friday night. We had that game. Uh, Lake City too. I'm looking forward to that rematch uh, between those teams. I think they, I believe they play each other this week, so um, should be an exciting game um, in that one for Coeur and Lake City number two for that game to take place. Post Falls or sorry, Lapway at three. So I'm going to take some grief from Post Falls fans, but Lady Wildcats move up a spot to three. Post Falls drops a spot to four. We got to see if they can respond. Um, they've gotten punched in the mouth pretty hard by both Lake City and Coeur d'Alene. Um, see if the return trips can make things interesting. And um, district tournament time coming around, they've got to they've got to show that they're they're worthy of that top five ranking that they had earlier on in the year. Uh, five, we got to tie Sandpoint and Timberlake. You split the season series or having seasons like you did or you are, you're going to share the five spot. Um, so I have I couldn't separate them two necessarily. Um, seven. I've got Kendrick. Uh, that Tigers team's playing really good still down the stretch. Prairie at eight, and then Deary and Cami, I still tied at nine, so I'm not going to remove either one of those teams. That's my top nine asterisk ten uh, for North Idaho. <laughs> right, nine plus one. The D, you got the DH in there. Uh, okay, right. let's, let's talk about your North Idaho nine on the boys' side. Uh, not much change, but a couple of things. Yeah, so top nine, we got uh, Lake City 1, Lapway 2, no surprise there. Coeur d'Alene, Lewiston 3-4, no movement. Bonners Ferry at 5, they beat some good teams along the way. 6, we got Kendrick, Lakeside goes down to 7. Uh, Kellogg at 8, and Kamii at 9. That's no slide. I mean, Kellogg obviously taking a loss to Bonners Ferry, but I think that schedule is just so darn tough. Um, strength of schedule-wise, I still have them in my top nine. I'm not going to boot them out for a a tough loss to a really good Bonners Ferry team. Um, you know, and Lakeside obviously playing a tough game against Bonners Ferry and getting another loss. That's just solidifying. I'm telling you right now, like state tournament, watch out for the Knights. Uh, if I'm anybody in that tournament, I do not want to play that team at all. Um, and, you know, I don't think they're going to be the team that knocks off Lapway necessarily, but I think that they, they're they the team of anybody in there that's going to make things the most interesting against the Wildcats. That's going to be a big if, but we'll see, I think. Uh, well, I we know. had that game earlier in the year without Vander Brown, and it was a it was a three-possession game yeah, until, that's true. Like that's the last two, until the last two minutes. That's true. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That um, was without Vander Brown, like the majority of that game. So. Yeah. Yeah, Man. I'm. I'm still. I'm still not. I'm not selling Lakeside. I'm telling you right now. Like I, I have them as my penciled in one and two. If they're able to go to state and get in and get a seed opposite oh, the Wildcats, man. I have them over Kamii. They got better guard play than Kamii, and I'll say that right now. So, Kamii oh, fans, man. don't at me. <laughs> Let me uh, real quick, just a quick exercise, and then we'll get out of here. I promise. But I, I think this will be interesting for the fans. What would it look like if if the max preps rankings, the current rankings were used right now. What would the 1-8-D-1 tournament look like? Lapway would be your one seed. Lighthouse Christian would be the two. Grace would be the three. Valley would be four. Kamii would be five. Lakeside would be six. 
Victory Charter would be seven and Liberty Charter would be eight. So the two Boise schools would be dead last. Um, so they'd be on opposite sides. It would, would be have, on opposite sides. It would happen. You would have a first round matchup of Lakeside and Grace. And that would be very. That's an awesome game. Are you kidding me? That would Come be very on. interesting. <laughs> Come on. That, that tournament could be, that'd be a fantastic tournament right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that as uh, the season goes along with Lakeside because of their lower amount of games, a little lower in the rankings. Um, okay, uh, we'll we'll some, leave. Yeah, they got some games coming up too that are going to be winnable. So yeah, we'll see. It's fun to talk about this stuff. I feel like it I is. It's, yeah, put on Anyways. our tinfoil hats or our like little <laughs> green, our green like you know accounting visors. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, uh, district tournament play starting up on the girls' side. We'll have the brackets for you on our website, <coughs> idahosports.com. Just check back for that. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the North Idaho PrepCast. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on idahosports.com.